0: Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Longbox Heroes, episode 552, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. I'm Todd, along with my co-host, Joe. How we doing today, Joe?
1: I'm glad that we haven't beaten the Lamborghini, as you say, of anything into everything on the other shows. hmm Like, obviously, soon to be named Network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network. Uh, new logo, merchandise possibly coming soon. Ooh. Uh, and we are the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. I'm saying it wrong like you. Um, but, like, <laughs> we haven't, like, labeled after dark the Lamborghini of something, you know?
0: Right. Well, I mean, I, that's one of those things that I'm actually shocked. I haven't destroyed yet. Right. Um, because I do like to do things a lot, but uh, I don't know. I think it's just the right way. You know, I think we, we use it sparingly, you know, so
1: it makes it special.
0: Yes. We, we haven't blown it up now. If it could make us lots and lots of money, then I'm going to do it a lot, a lot. You know what I mean? That's the way when you can finance it, that's the way to go. But
1: so what do we got on the show this week sir
0: in a news uh multiple changes to a superman book also a book that'll be near and dear to our hearts but it's also several decades too late but i'm looking forward to it anyway <laughs> new comic imprints um free comic book day comic updates also news on cons and con news free digital books and sales what we read last week which is a slender read r-e-a-d um nightwing uh, 79 what we're looking forward to this week also todd and joe have issues with the clone saga and jonah hex um todd's art attack and then at the end uh with flash on hiatus i just i guess we have the series finale the season finale of uh falcon winter soldier to talk about right
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, So that was very nice that that ended up being, what, six episodes? Yes. And I think low-key is only going to be six episodes as well.
0: I'm not sure on that, but I do know that they kind of said that we're not doing like Netflix did, where it was 13 or whatever they had. It's like, what we feel we need, we need, and I kind of like that.
1: Yep. So, getting into the news, a lot of this spills out of the DC Comics solicitations for July. There's a bunch of stuff in Marvel and Image and stuff like that, but I think DC had, like, the more banner list of announcements, if you will, right? mm mm-hmm. uh, So, the big one, I would say, is starting in July is a rebranding of some of the Superman stuff, specifically... The main named Superman title is now becoming Superman Son of Kal-El, starring Jonathan Kent in the lead role. And uh, again, that is what it is. Uh, however, the creative team on that is John Timms on art and rising star Tom Taylor writing. Yes, sir. Uh, There's also a Supergirl miniseries by Tom King. And then it looks like Action Comics is going to be the flagship of things uh, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson and a Superman and the Authorita written by Grant Morrison. So it looks like big things are doing over in the Superman world. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, like the only thing that really, uh, shines up for me as the uh tom taylor thing because we've been kind of on a kick of his stuff lately because it's been really good
0: are any interest in the tom king supergirl or
1: not really it's a it's an eight issue mini if i end up hearing good things about it i'll grab the trade okay yeah
0: i was just curious because i know you've been on the tom king train too that's why oh well
1: so, thoughts on any of this? Uh, obviously, it looks as though the ones that have Clark in them, the Action Comics book and the Authority book, are going to be very Authority-tied-in books.
0: Right, and that's going to be Grant Morrison and Grant Morrison adjacent. So, that'll be... Like I said, like I, I like Grant Morrison one, maybe two times out of ten. So, odds are not with me that I'm going to enjoy this, but... Mm. Um, it's like you said with Supergirl if I hear good things that this is the good Grant not the evil Grant um, I may try it but obviously the the Tom Taylor book I'm going to give a try and I'm on the fence on Supergirl with Tom King so but that's where I look at all this yeah I think
1: uh, Tom King lost uh, sadly a little bit of steam with you know the delay of the batman catwoman book and i think in the july solicitations it's not even like the main story it's a one-off special still written by tom king but with somebody else on art chores
0: right the only thing that saves it for me is it's a it's a holiday special somehow
1: oh it, a holiday the, in july
0: yeah but it's got a christmas theme there's stockings in the christmas tree so it's okay
1: and then what's the other one strange adventures is kind of kicking along that's on a really weird schedule if i'm not mistaken
0: right and a lot of that 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 those two books kind of well the batman one not so much but the strange adventures was was derailed a little bit by pandemic i don't know how you know whatever um and i'm not i'm i am more of a tom king in in large doses instead of issue by issue you know what i mean i think he works better that way so we'll see but uh I don't know. Um, DC's, I'm more uh, DC books right now. So I'll probably pick up at least half of these.
1: Yeah. I was, I was redoing my list of course, you know, cause it's the end of the month, uh, beginning mm-hmm. of the month time. So I got to hand in a new list, you know? Right. Um, and I'm at a point where there's a bunch of Marvel stuff. That's just about to wrap up mm-hmm. or stuff. That's kind of, you know, uh, like a month long series sort of thing. Right, And then as I kind of wrap up what May is going to look like into June and July, this is going to be the first time in a long time that my DC side far outweighs my Marvel
0: side. Mm, but you're getting on that Doctor Doom train over at Marvel, right? The wedding and the Guardians of the Galaxy, though?
1: You know what? I'm going to have to double check my list on that. Ah.
0: See, um, I kind of do the same thing with lists, but uh, I don't have a pool list so much as I just have whatever I'm ordering this month. Like I look at I'm like, let me see, blah, blah, blah. Give me all this. I send in an email just before like, you know, the the order deadline and that's what I want and what covers I want, blah, blah, blah. Now
1: uh one uh book of course that I know that is a, a must buy for both of us, and that is the uh also eight issue mini series, which seems to be the new trend now at DC.
0: Um, I'm guessing that's the price point for a, you know a trade that you get the the biggest you know because they've cut down on the pages. Yeah. Of the the actual issues, like remember it used to be like 24 pages or 28, 22. Now I think we're down to 20 pages, so that makes you know uh, eight issues at 20. You do the math. I'm not a mathlete, but you get yeah, what it's I'm saying. to say. It's about 160. Yep. Yeah. So and that's usually what about a trade was, I think.
1: Yeah, but I think I'm a little bit more hyper aware of it because the Batman, the detective one, I didn't initially know was a eight issue mini and it is, I didn't know the new Swamp Thing by Ram V was an eight issue mini and it that's is- That's
0: a 10 issue mini.
1: Oh, that's a 10 the, issue. So there the you go. The Swamp even... Thing
0: is weird. I don't know why it's 10 issues. I'm wondering yeah. if he had 10 issues in the can and they were like, that's as far as we're letting you go.
1: Yeah. Um, The aforementioned Supergirl and then now this- from Dan Jurgens and Ryan Sook, Blue and Gold, the Blue Beetle Booster Gold Return to Prominence. Uh, a book so exciting that even young Ed, who's in his mid to late thirties from <laughs> Pod Van Dam is excited about this book. And he hates everything. That's good.
0: Right, right. Doesn't he have terrible taste in music, but great? He taste has terrible taste
1: in everything, except for this, apparently.
0: Wow. All right. I'll welcome it, you know, with open arms to the blue and gold train, you know
1: right uh so you don't need like they didn't need to have a solicitation for me you got dan jurgens writing this and i think we've talked about this before um do you think this book is going to meet deadlines
0: with ryan sook as an artist all you had to do was say this book's artist is ryan sook and i'm like won't make deadlines you don't even have to get to you don't have to finish sook and i'm like this book is gonna suck yes it is
1: How dare you?
0: How dare I? But uh, yes, and the other thing that I was saying like when I did the, the opening was that I remember there being talk of a blue and gold book like seven months after Booster joined the Justice League. Like there was... Every year it was like, oh, we have a blue and gold mini coming out with JM and, you know, and Keith writing it. And maybe Kevin on art or whoever, like Mike McCone was, maybe Adam Hughes, because the artist rotations were changing. And I'm like, that book never came out. So, like I said, I love the idea of this book, but it's, you know, I'll take it. I'll buy it. I'll, you know, put it in my collection. But I was like, man, like, I just wish there's a part of me that wish it was the heyday. You know what I mean? I got this mini, but I'll, I'll still take it now.
1: Did we, at least by we, I mean you, uh, possibly harass the panel, the group, the JLI Collective at a Baltimore panel about the Blue and Gold book?
0: I don't think I did. I think I was very awestruck at that panel. And also, uh, I think uh, the openness and warmness of Salty Keith had me off my game. (laughs)
1: Now, the other question I have for you is, uh, does this go in with the Blue Gold, uh, the blue Beetle books, or does this go in with the Booster Gold books, or do you buy two copies so you can put one in with each?
0: Um, what I do is, um, I have my Justice League International box, right. and then I have my Justice League International Tangentially box kind of a thing, where it goes Blue Beetle, Booster Gold. I think my Blue Beetle and Booster Gold runs are all in one short box, so I'll just, I'll see if I can cram it in there. And then I have like the Mr. Miracle, uh, ongoing that was running along Justice League International, the Martian Manhunter miniseries is the Dr. Fate book that was going on. I bought the quarterlies, the annuals, they're all there like within the same batch of books. So that's where I, go. I only need to buy one copy though. I might boost sales and buy, you know, I may, you know, uh, Facebook, our retailer and say, give me many, many copies. Cause the boy needs them
1: that's right your five-year-old son is a huge uh bo- booster beetle fan
0: that's right ted cord and michael john yep
1: michael uh yeah so i don't know i uh i don't know i gotta i gotta think this i i'm in the same way as you like i want this bo- book to be a smash sensation but i also Fine. want it to come out on time so i'm torn So the other thing uh from the DC solicitations was DC announced yet another imprint. Hmm. And uh the uh imprint that they announced is uh simply entitled and it's just for one book. Um a, a spooky horror book called The Conjuring. Um, which appears to be like an anthology book, maybe. Right. And the imprint is called uh, DC Horror.
0: <gasps> Ooh, that, that name's giving me vertigo, Joe.
1: Well, I want to I spin someone's head when I hear this sort of stuff.
0: Oh, I can't believe you, you shut down a, you, a, a name with a pedigree like Vertigo for DC Horror.
1: Well, I get they want to have the DC branding, right? Because, like, isn't Black Label books officially called, like, DC Black Label?
0: I don't even know anymore. They've then, had so the many kids' imprints.
1: books are called, like, DC Kids or whatever.
0: Do they even have the kids' imprint anymore? Remember they had, like, two different kids' imprints that lasted, like, eight months?
1: I think they've since been folded into each other because I do see that they do solicit those young adult graphic novels. Okay. And I think that's where those go. hmm And I get why they didn't call this dc vertigo because what does that even mean where dc horror is like it's a horror comic put out by dc it's you know it's plain and simple to the point right Mm -hmm. but every time they do something like this i think to myself like why did you get rid of vertigo why did you stop using that branding huh
0: And I always say because some young and upcoming empty suit was like, this name is thirty years old. The kids that you know don't like. You need new, hip, and I'm gonna you know wipe away the past and on fresh and stuff that's that's what it is everything's got to be fresh and new and exciting and black labels it could be everything it's not just this vertigo universe it's the regular dc universe unless we don't want it to be the regular dc universe then it's outside reality i'm like just i have two questions for you. how long we always say when's vertigo coming back for one of the anniversaries and how long is dc horror going to last eight months I would
1: assume that DC horror is going to last for this
0: book and that's it. And then it's going to be gone. Yeah. So I I just don't like the way DC runs their imprints. They're very fast and loose with them.
1: Uh, So we just had uh, an announcement as well of what the two Marvel books for free comic book day are. They were like kind of the last stragglers uh, at least. So there is an Avengers Hulk book and a Spider-Man Venom book. Now, they haven't come right out and said who the creative teams on each of those individual books are. They just said creators on the books will include Jason Aaron, Chip Zdarsky, uh, Iban Coelho, and Greg Smallwood. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm assuming that it's going to be Jason Aaron on the Avengers Hulk thing, just because he's currently writing the Avengers. Right. And isn't he doing like some sort of She-Hulk thing next summer or this summer or something like that?
0: I think so. I'm confused. Because isn't there something like a World War She-Hulk coming?
1: Yeah, and that's written by Jason Aaron. Okay. And I think Chip Zdarsky isn't doing the main Amazing Spider-Man book, but he is doing some book at Spider-Man. Or right. a, on the Spider-Man line, and they haven't officially announced who the new creative team, they haven't even announced a new Venom book. Uh, but this would be a great way to announce Chip Zdarsky on the Venom book by doing a free comic book day book, uh, right. with him doing the writing chores on the character.
0: Or whoever, like, I don't like whoever, I just don't see them being able to hide it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, Those we're going to, we're going to know in less than a month's time when the August solicitations come out. Mm. And if that's when the new Venom book is going to come out and we know who the creative team is, it's just I'm glad that we got what the Marvel books are going to be. I just find it funny that in the press release, the way that the creative teams are laid out, it's not clear who's writing what. Yeah,
0: I can't wait until DC announces what crappy reprint books they're going to do with no new material.
1: Right. Uh, Excited is one way to look at it. (laughs) So, last but not least, as we close out the news section here, uh, it is going to be, I guess, the official return starting next week of convention news here on the show because uh, ReadPop, the folks behind, uh, notably, uh, New York Comic Con and C2E2 and Emerald City Comic Con officially announced that they are... Returning to in-person uh, comic book conventions starting in September with Florida SuperCon, uh, then they're doing New York Comic Con, uh, first weekend or second weekend in October, Emerald City Con uh, first weekend in December, and C two E two second weekend in December. Because I know me, the two places I would want to go in the middle of the winter is <laughs> is Seattle and Chicago in that order
0: well chicago known for their deep dish pizza and the world's best wrestlers so uh but i i'm with you the only thing on the 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 emerald city and the c2e2 those were in like those were planned kind of last year. Like they were like maybe at the end of the year. So like the New York is the, is the big one. If they can, if they can pull that one off, because I'm interested to see because my tickets for rage against the machine at Madison square garden, I had them for last August, obviously uh pandemic got rid of them. We were supposed to go for this August. And now they told us, no, no, August, 2022, you can see rage against the machine. In, uh, in Madison Square Garden. So hopefully th- this is going to happen and will open up, like you said, cons from here on out.
1: Now, I will say this. Um, you know, I have a friend of mine uh, who is very much into uh, the ticket world. And I remember, you know, at the height of the pandemic, he had said that Broadway had canceled all of their shows for 2021. Uh, But it does look like there are some shows that are opening up, like, next month. And by next month, I mean, like, May. Right. So with that happening, and this isn't, like, your off-Broadway stuff. This is, like, the big guns. This is, like, uh, your Wicked's and stuff like that. Okay, now, I do want to walk that back just a second. Some of them are opening up in May, but it looks like the majority of them are opening up in September.
0: Well, there you go.
1: Um, So if... New York is shooting for Broadway to be open up by September. I can see you know other concerts and so forths and so-ons and so, so forths uh opening up by September October as well.
0: Right. So I just going to ask so you're up for both New York and Baltimore this year, right? Baltimore,
1: yes. Um if our life plan goes accordingly, the week of New York we're actually going to be uh at Universal Studios for my kid's birthday.
0: Oh, wow, really?
1: Yeah, that was the plan, because uh, the way they do the pricing, and this is one of those uh, opportunities, Todd.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Um, that they consider a child ticket uh, age 3 to 10, or 3 to 9. And my kid turns 10 this year.
0: Oh, so you want to get him in under the wire.
1: We want to get him in literally under the wire uh, on the child ticket, and then... He's never been to Universal, and it's been enough time that my wife and I have been to Universal. It's been 16 years. So it's like practically a different park by now. So we might be able to kind of fudge the numbers and say, it's our first time here. And then they give you a whole bunch of extra junk to go along with your thing, you know?
0: Right, right. The uh, last time I was at Universal was right around the time of the previews that we're doing, and I'm previewing the past. <laughs>
1: no we went there uh you know 2005 for our uh honeymoon we did disney and universal but my kids at the age like we may swing a day at disney but i don't think he's gonna care i think he's gonna have more fun at the universal stuff
0: right my my the year i graduated our class trip was disney world and universal and stuff like that so that was uh, the last time i was down there for that you know did ebcot and all that uh not too shabby for a you know a class trip i'll say
1: i'd say uh but we're off the subject here so uh go if you get a chance search out the press release that uh the read pop folks put out mm-hmm. uh, they're jokey and they're having fun with it um and they have a whole list of safety precautions of course just some choice things um regarding capacity and so forth um attendance and badges will be so limited that we can ensure so that we can ensure physical distancing we're working closely with each location to determine how many people are going to be permitted in the building every day and at any given time so that's interesting that it looks like they might be like ushering people in and out as you come and go at certain times
0: i could see them selling let's say you can have i'm going to use a number like a 5, day 000, pass
1: and a night pass.
0: Or five thousand people in the building.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And if you leave, you can we can let somebody else in. Uh-huh. It's like it's like a pack capacity, anything. It's like you just have a guy with a clicker. Obviously the, the, the passes work, they have chips in them or whatever, but it's like right now we have four thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine people in there. We can let one more person in. Yep. And then when somebody comes out, I was like, would you like to go in, sir or ma'am or whatever? And I could see them doing it that way.
1: And I assume like now with my current COVID brain, you're going to have like one entrance for people coming in and one entrance for people going out. And you're going to have people staff there, radioing or like with some sort of comm link set up, like showing the tally as it's going up as people are coming in and going down as people are leaving.
0: Uh, you could say that, but that's not the way New York, like New York automatically works in a, this is the way you come in. This is the way you go out. And when you come in, they have the, 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 the badges that you have that you wear around your neck. Like they have these little tablets that when you walk up, you have to touch your, your, you have to activate pre before the con activate the, the badges. And then when you come in, it's like, Oh yeah. You're in, you know what I mean? And if I walk out without tapping the badge, it won't let me back in next time. If you get what I'm trying to say. I do. You have to tap it in, you have to tap it out. And when you do, that lets them know... I think that was part of the dealie because they were over capacity that one year and they changed it to the chip passes that they know how many people are in there at any given time, uh, right on the the, the tablets that people are holding. So So you wouldn't even have to have that.
1: They're already kind of ahead of the curve on that sort of thing, you know,
0: because my take on it was back when we went back when there weren't chips in the thing um, in the in this new day of like high res printers and three D printers and whatever, they were just when you would just show up with the pass and it said three day pass, four day pass, Friday pass, press pass, whatever. They were getting them and they were they were just mass producing them. And I remember going to the con the the, the one year it was packed and it changed the next year that there was a guy on every street corner leading to the New York Comic Con that had just had a box. Just had like a soup box, you know, like when you just from the supermarket that the cans would come in. Yes. And they were just filled with, as far as I was concerned, counterfeit badges. And they're like, badges, 20 bucks, badges, 40 bucks, whatever the, the, the going price was at the time. And you couldn't, Joe, you couldn't move in New York that year. And then the next year, somehow we got chip badges because <laughs> I guess, you know, New York Comic Con wasn't getting any of that sweet, sweet cash, Joe.
1: Yeah. Uh, so it says that rec- they're going to require to face coverings for any individuals, including exhibitors and staff. Uh, temperature screening upon entry. Anyone with an elevated temperature will not be permitted to the event. Uh, increased sanitation and cleaning with enforced physical distancing throughout the event. Uh, mm-hmm. As an independent wrestling fan and maybe independent wrestling promoter maybe would want to go there and see how it's actually done.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, and then this one I like um we have also adopted a firm no handshake no high five no hugs policy well oh, talk the- why am i even going
0: oh, i was gonna say that's the staple of a comic con is the perp the people with the signs that say free hugs
1: mm-hmm. they're out of business now
0: <laughs> wow we're gonna take me and you are gonna go we're gonna have signs that say deep soul kisses
1: <laughs> i already have it it's my vaccination right. card
0: All right um, deep deep soul kisses and release the smoky is the bandit cut
1: And then it says, we're all going to have to get a very smooth... We're going to have to all get very smooth and cool looking at either the elbow bump or air high fives. Please start practicing now. And I thought, you know, again, they're being cute in their uh, press release, but I'm all for it.
0: I'll tell you right now, I don't do it with many people, but me and the art uh, collector... We don't shake hands or high five at, at cons or anywhere. Whenever I see him, we do the we do the bash brothers every time. He started doing that years ago, <laughs> and like before pandemic. And when we see each other, we're like, we don't shake hands. We do the the elbow bump because you know because with these arms we have to you know of course not, a, you know fr- you don't bump calves with anyone when you see no, them. No, I'm not a I'm not a calf bumper. These are for showing, you know.
1: Uh, so I think starting next week, we're going to keep a little bit closer eye uh, as conventions are starting to open back up. Uh, some of the more notable conventions that we've discussed here in the past or that we've attended in the past, uh, kind of what they're doing as things are opening back up to kind of pique your interests in these sort of things, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, another thing that could pique your interest would be soon to be named network dot com. It's soon to be named network dot com where all the shows in the network all come together in one fancy little Tumblr sort of thing. It's kind of like if you took the RSS feed text file that lives in my brain, but it was just the shows. Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, We Want Wrestling, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Final Wrestling Place, and At Odds With Wrestling... And anytime people from those shows appear at any other shows, and I could somehow transmit that text file of RSS feeds to you, that's what soon to be named network.com, uh, soon to be named network.tumblr.com is.
0: And I understood all of that technical jargon. Technical jargon.
1: That's right. <laughs> A lot of technical talk on all the shows this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing, of course, that you could check out, it's in the notes for every episode of this show. And So on and in perpetuity is all of our friends who are doing creative stuff, whether it be our friend Becky who does sketches and commissions, uh, Jason Sandberg or Chris Runt who have actually put out their own comic books, Jupiter and Battle Monsters respectively available over on Comixology, Uh, my friend Kevin, Masked Library who does his... Uh, comic book blog and YouTube series, that's over at masklibrary.com. Rick Williams, the Chop Shop, all those cool resin figures and stuff that he does, uh, that's over at freekaratechops.storenvy.com. And of course, our local comic book store, Comics on the Green, they have a very brisk, Uh, online business, a brick and mortar business and a subscription business, whether you're going there physically picking up your books on a weekly basis it better at least be on a monthly basis or I'm coming for those kneecaps. (laughs) Um, But if you do not have a comic book shop in your town or a good comic book shop in your town, let Comics on the Green be the comic book shop in your town via the postal service or whatever mailing service you choose. Yes. And like I said, the links to all that stuff is in the show notes, uh, as well as links to all of the digital sales that are currently going on. Uh, nice little bit of a switchover, some holdovers, of course. Uh, Marvel is having a sale on Marvel's, that Alex Ross Kurt Busick series from the 90s and all of adjacent things from that. Marvel also having a sale on Avengers vs. X-Men stuff. DC is having a book that's just called DC Books because we're ashamed to call them trade paperbacks. We're even ashamed to call them graphic novels at this point. Um, Marvel is also having a sale on Star Wars stuff because we're upon uh, May the 4th, which is some sort of Star Wars thing. Uh, IDW is having a sale on both Star Trek stuff because they did not get the memo and Star Wars Adventures which is the all-ages Star Wars book that they do, because they did eventually get the memo. IDW hmm uh, IDW's also doing a sale on My Little Pony Transformers stuff, and Valiant's doing a sale on Shadow Man stuff. Valiant just announced a Shadow Man brand of coffee.
0: Oh, there you go.
1: Really trying to stay in the top ten there.
0: <laughs> oh, since their anniversary coming now, so they need to.
1: Oh, that's right. Well, their anniversary is technically past.
0: Not for Shadow Man, though.
1: Oh, not for Shadow. I was. I thought you meant for, like, the, the line as a whole, not... just. Okay. No,
0: there you go. I'm just trying to, you know, cover my track, so...
1: Gotcha, gotcha. And, uh, like I said, links to all of this stuff is going to be in the show notes, of course. As mentioned, uh, let's get into the book singular that we both read this past week, and that was Nightwing number 79. And I turn it over to you, Mr. Todd.
0: Yes, written by Tom Taylor and art by the amazing Bruno Redondo. Um, it's Dick Grayson discuss like thinking about like his his time growing up. Um, there's a great shot to open it of you know uh, the circus Dick. Uh, Grayson jumping off a building and going through all of his various costumes and stuff like that. God, I love Bruno Bruno Redondo's art. He needs to put it on paper so I can buy it. Um, And then he's like thinking about the various fathers that he had, figures, fathers and father figures, teams. So it's kind of cool. You get a nice like you know, little origin of his stuff, and he decides to take Barbara Gordon out on a date in the in the town, and they're discussing, you know, like the how where Bloodhaven was founded, that uh, that it was like all about like they have this statue where it's that we can defeat monsters. Kind of the attitude was was the town, and he starts to see like uh, the people in it, and he ends up getting robbed by these young kids while he's you know buying pizza for everybody. Cause he's decided now that I'm a billionaire, I'm going to put my money to good use. And he ends up, he's going to go find those kids just, just for the, the principle of it. And along the way they get into trouble and some people he meets get attacked by who will probably be the super villain um, going ahead throughout this, uh, you know, this run or something like that, or at least the storyline um, just all around, you know, I'm doing a disservice of the book, but there's a lot going on different things. Um, but I love Tom Taylor and it's really good. And I think this is like I said, last month when we discussed it is if you miss, you know, pre new 52 stuff, this is the closest thing, you know, that you can, you can get to that classic feel of like the DC that I loved anyway. And I'm loving Nightwing man. And it just looks as much as I want to start, man. I love Bruno Redondo, Joe so much. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. This is a beautiful looking book. It's a great book. It's, and that's the thing. I don't want to say it's like a light read, but it's an easy read. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need to know all the baggage that's going on in the world of Batman. And there's always baggage in the world of Batman. They give you what you need to know. And that's Alfred. Right. Um, they give you. And I love a book like this. And I know you said this reminds you of the DC that you knew and loved. But this feels so much like that Chuck Dixon run from the late 90s, mid to late 90s, late 90s into the early 2000s on -hmm. Nightwing. Um, You know, he's in Bloodhaven, blockbusters in the book. (laughs) You've got all this corruption. We're like two issues away from Dick joining the police force. (laughs) And they don't even they don't even get into like the previous storyline where I didn't read it and I don't even know what was going on. We're literally in one panel. Barbara says, you were, you had a bullet in your head. We have to excuse what happened. Yep.
0: And that's kind of like
1: their way of like saying like, yeah, don't think about any of that stuff. Just think about what we're telling you here. Focus here. Stay here.
0: Right. Yeah. What's that over there? They don't need to see that. See this over here? Like the shiny object. That's all. And I'm good with that.
1: And I, I think I maybe said this last time when we talked about this book, but I love when Dick Grayson, And this is not a slight on DC, but when Dick Grayson is written like a Marvel character, because that's what he's written like. He's a street-level person. He's not hiding in the shadows. He's a man of the people. He seems to be enjoying what he's doing. There's not a lot of malaise and pain to what he's going through. Uh, He is using his life and his situation to try to make the lives of others better around him. And it's such a good book.
0: He's without the bad luck. He's the Peter Parker without the bad luck and the powers. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, that's kind of the, I, I totally agree with that. I, I love the carefree, like, and I don't want to, how's the way I want to put like the circus, like fun atmosphere. Cause he's just he's a, he's a circus performer. It's just like Tom Taylor really understands Dick Grayson as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yep. And uh, hopefully those big Superman checks don't roll in too fast, and he stays on this book, you know.
0: Right, but it's going to be Superboy, so it'll be a little less. Son of Kal El.
1: That's okay. I'm all right with that. That's uh, that's the number one book to me, you know.
0: Right. Well, he's doing all the the sidekicks to the big heroes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is uh, uh,
1: Jonathan really a sidekick?
0: Is Nightwing really a sidekick? I don't know. They were well, at was. one point. Yeah, and listen, if you're if you're if you have a name that is you know somebody else's name like Superboy or Kid Flash, and you or you bat know boy. you boy yeah or bat well Batboy is a little, Robin is a little different, but yes, if you're one of those, you're a sidekick. Right. You may do your solo adventures because they want to make money off of two books, but you're a kid. You're a sidekick.
1: And I also want to mention that this is one of those times because I think Todd and I could both state that um, sometimes the Marvel variant cover process can get a little uh, kabuki-ish. Mm-hmm. Whereas DC, for the most part, it's you get two covers: one is a regular cover, and one is a cardstock cover. You pay an extra dollar for the cardstock cover. They're different art on each cover, but that's how you make your your decision. You want to pay a dollar more and this is one of those times where i was kicking myself that i didn't get the dollar more cover because i really like the dollar more cover
0: okay did you see it or no no not off the top i mean i probably did but uh i go for i'm a sucker for like was it bruno redondo or
1: Uh, i don't know who the artist on it was i could probably find it real quick um but it's a you know uh it's the evolution of Robin climbing up the side of a wall, all of the Batman sixties TV show.
0: Ah, that's really cool. See, I'm, that's a great thing, but I, there's a, there's an old school part of me that loves to have the cover artist be the, the artist on the cover, be the guy who does the interior work. So I kind of lean towards that. And like I said, I'm a sucker for Bruno Redondo's work. So I, I'll always do it whenever I get a chance.
1: Uh, yeah, and it's it's a it's a really fun cover. Um, hang on one second. I think it is Bruno Redondo. I'm just trying to look at the signature on the bottom here.
0: See if I could see it, I would tell you right off the bat by his style.
1: My vision ain't so good, Mister Todd.
0: Well, you wanna you wanna trade eyes so I could go up? Uh, yeah, it is Bruno Redondo. Oh, well, then maybe I'll have to go out and buy that one too.
1: Yeah. And it's the the evolution of Nightwing crawl, climbing up the side of the the building. Uh, you see Alfred's hands in the back holding up Robin's cape. And it's a Batgirl sticking her head out the window with a disapproving glance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty good.
1: That is pretty good. Um, So, yeah, that's what we, uh, you know, go get Nightwing. Don't matter what printing it is. Just go get it. How about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, So that's what we both read this past week. Uh, Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday around noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is that you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out each week. Uh, I am currently in the lead with one correct guess over Todd. Let's see if Todd can tie things up, or uh, right. I could increase my lead.
0: Right, and I'm looking over our lists, and this is a you know a clue to you kind of a deal. And we and we cross over literally on crossover Department of Truth and Friend of the Devil, a reckless book. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, so I'm looking over your list Is the book that you're looking forward to most Friend of the Devil, a reckless book?
1: Yes, it would be uh, Friend of the Devil colin a reckless book And I'm also going to assume That that's the book that you're also looking forward to Coming out this week as well Yes it is Yes, yes indeed So uh, this is one of those ones with the way that the solicitations Come out because it's an it's an original graphic novel hardcover whatever it's not in with the regular books like you know how like dc and marvel a lot of times they will just do everything alphabetically but lately they've been going here's everything alphabetically then here's everything trade paperbacks then here's right. everything hardcovers image has now gone to that as well so like as i'm looking through the things i'm like That's not in the normal list. It's in a separate list of graphic novels and hardcovers. And I would have kicked myself if I missed this, but I would have gotten my alert anytime that a new Ed Brubaker comic book comes out legally, I have to buy it.
0: Right. Me too. I mean, even though the fact that I was busy today, not being CC'd in emails, so I didn't get a chance to like, you know, look over everything, but I'm looking forward to this. Indeed. So
1: while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done together. Whether there be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, and or the current ongoing sensation of Todd and Joe Have Issues uh, with Jonah Hex and the Spider Clone Saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week I, uh, I messed things up, I think. Um, so I'm going to go first, if that's okay with you.
0: Um, we can do that, yep.
1: With the Jonah Hex stuff? Sure. Uh, So this was very concerning to me uh, because this book starts with uh, something that I've never seen before at the beginning um, of a Jonah Hex book. Where it says, the following is an account based on the acclaimed book, An Oral History of the Old West, co-written by Woodson Hex, the alleged grandson of Jonah Hex who was most noted as a bounty hunter and private detective during the 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. So the and the short of this is, this is a story of Jonah, I would say, at the very end of his life. And again, I say all of this uh, because it says that it's an account and it's co-written and it's by the alleged grandson. So by them throwing this stuff at the front of the book, I tend to believe maybe a little bit less of what happens here, even though it's no different than the previous 24 stories Mm -hmm. that I've read. But for some reason, since I've now been led to believe that this one isn't from Jonah's perspective, not that I was ever told that the previous ones were right. Like where my mind is going. Right. So I'm like, okay, maybe there might be some fabrication in this comic book about a Western man.
0: What you're saying this isn't an actual documentary of the old West at this point.
1: I thought it was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so this takes place in, uh, 1899, and then we get, uh, a little bit of information up front, um, where it just says, like, uh, prior to his death in 1904, Jonah Hex's travels are l- largely unrecorded, um, and then it talks about, um, his father, Woodson, uh, apparently who the grandson is named after, um, and we get, like, some brief information about Jonah himself, uh, but the majority of this is as Jonah is traveling through, um, he happens upon and he's just doing his normal traveling. He's riding a horse. He's bringing another tr- uh, horse behind him. And then he sees off in the distance, as he calls them, uh,
0: Ruales. Mm hmm.
1: Am I saying that right?
0: I guess so that I'm not really sure. I'm guessing, you know, he speaks a little, you know, probably Mexican because of the job that he did. So I don't know because they're in Mexico at this time.
1: Right, and they're chasing some bandits, they're headed right to him, uh, and Jonah kind of wonders aloud that maybe if he takes out some of these bandits, the Ruales would be appreciative of him, and he's very concerned to make sure that his horses stay safe. He
0: mm-hmm. tells
1: the horses to lay down and not to move, of course, obviously because there's going to be gunfire, and I think this might be the first time that we've seen Jonah be so concerned over the uh, well-beings and so forth of a horse.
0: Right, and the other one is a burrow
1: Okay, my apologies
0: Because at one point in this he talks about Like he's no longer uh, Hunting men because he's getting up there In age and he's trying to prospect And that's what keeps The the burrow for, you know what I mean
1: I assumed he would have had five But oh wait, he's not traveling to New York I apologize Mm -hmm. Uh, So as this uh, is going on Of course uh, They pin Jonah down uh, he, some of the people get shot some of the people even get exploded
0: <laughs> right
1: um, they get shot so much and then during the shootout Jonah's kind of te- keeping track of how many are left how many they started at and once they're down to about nine left uh, he notices that his horse gets shot so now he's starting to act a little bit more recklessly and uh, the uh, the bandits ask who who it is uh, that they have pinned down, and he tells them that it's Jonah Hex, and they don't believe him. Uh, they say, Jonah Hex is dead. Uh, you're a liar, and even if you are Jonah Hex, we're going to get you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they're about to get the jump on him. They have him pinned down, dead to rights, and then uh, I guess one of the uh, rurales show up. Jonah's been clipped. And uh, the the head of these rurales uh, attended Jonah and said, let's get you into town. Let me buy you a drink and so on and so forth. And uh, I think Jonah realizes before we do the reader of who this person is, Mm -hmm. uh, Jonah gives a fake name. He says that his name is uh, Captain Lou Albano. No, no, Mr. Albano, my apologies.
0: Which is the last name of the the, uh, writer who created him
1: oh okay that's a that's that's a dutiful nod if you will mm-hmm. and it's at this point that we learned that the young man who saved jonah is jason hex right uh, apparently the child that jonah left behind all those many years ago
0: did not leave him behind so much as his wife took him away oh, okay there you go so we're gonna get a little brief history um of mei ling his wife um, Because they do show her like when the horse gets shot, he pulls the stuff out of the saddlebag and they show the picture of him getting married and the picture of, uh, I uh, I believe, of the son with the mother and stuff like that. Um, right. And
1: obviously we never saw any of that stuff, right?
0: No, that is all in the Bronze Age run. He ends up meeting her and they fall in love, kind of a deal. She, her family, because they're, uh, you know, Chinese immigrants and stuff like that, they are not. Respected, and that somebody's out to to kill him. I think somebody kills Mayling's father, and Jonah helps or, or brother, I forget, kind of a deal. And he ends up getting revenge. They get married. They have a storyline where they adventure together for a while. Then he ends up getting married, and all she wants is for him to put that life behind him of like you know bounty hunting. He's like, all right, we'll build a farm. But he has—it's like the old west, you know, trope. He has all these people. He's either either killed their brothers or he's done done them wrong somehow. They all start showing up. He has to kill somebody on his wedding day. He literally has to kill somebody on the day his kid is born. Then the last straw was somebody shows up and kidnaps a neighbor boy because they think it's Jonah Hex's son. They don't know how old, like the, the son was still a baby, I guess. And sh- and they're like, oh well. They found out Jonah has a son. They're like, that must be the son, not knowing that the kid was much younger and they take him away. And Mei Ling's like, that's it. They kidnapped the kid. I have, and he's like, I'm trying. And she ends up just one night while he's off, takes the kid, leaves a note. And Jonah takes it very well ends up getting drunk and seeing the spirits of old people in the house and shoots up the place. And then he's like, well, I might as well go be a bounty hunter again. And according to this story, he never saw the son or Mei Ling ever again.
1: Right. So they, Jason and Jonah, get into a bit of a scuffle. Um, Jonah asks what happened to his mother. Jason tells him that Mei Ling is dead. And Joan is like, you blame me for it. And Jason says, not everyone dies from a bullet. I just want to talk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Joan is like, uh, you know, whatever you're looking for, from me, you're not going to get it. Um, kind of what you see is what you get. And what you see is the reason why your mom took me away. Or took you away from me, right? Right, mm-hmm. So as we're leaving, uh, as Jonah's leaving the saloon, he runs into a woman who's carrying an infant. Um, And obviously that is uh, Jason's wife and Jonah's grandson as Jonah rides off uh, into the sunset with a bottle of whiskey in hand on a new horse. Yep. Uh, I don't don't want you to feel as though I gave this issue the short shrift, Mm -hmm. uh, because I really like this issue. Right. Um, but this uh, this issue raises more questions and, as you mentioned, more stories that we haven't read yet and we will possibly get to at some point, maybe?
0: Um, I think we will see flashbacks to Mei Ling as we come up. But I do believe this was just to ag- acknowledge the old stories mostly. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, and more on, like, they say, like, fate unknown on Jonah's father and what happened to the mother. We may see some of that stuff pop up but i do believe jason is done in this book you know what i mean um but uh and they said in the fact like in the beginning that uh woodson hex the grandson who was a detective in the 30s and 40s i tried tweeting uh jimmy palmiati, uh, jimmy palmiati about that and he didn't answer me back but i do think he's He's trying to distance himself from some of the old stuff as he gets into his new project, which I think comes out in like two weeks or whatever. Right. Um, so, But uh, from what I remember, him and Justin Gray literally were going to spin off a book of him doing detective work in Gotham in the 20s and 30s and 40s, um, but D.C., didn't want it and then I heard rumblings like on social media that I think was later taken taken down like when Ginny Hex showed up I think Justin Gray may have been the one he's like I don't know we tried and tried and all they told us is no descendants for Jonah no descendants for Jonah and now they have Ginny Hex and that was kind of like a uh, poo like take that down I think but uh, I would have loved to have seen Jonah's grand I would have read the heck out of that book by the two of them um, this story hits a little closer to home for me because I know, I know those stories mailing and the sun and everything. So I don't know the, of the stories. I really like this one. Basically like Jonah, just walking right by his grandson. Like you're better off with me out of your life.
1: Uh, I don't even think that, uh, Jonah was even thinking that, you know what I mean?
0: True. True. Maybe I think we, cases. the reader
1: are probably thinking that
0: right right or
1: hoping that or anything that
0: yeah like he's basically with jason saying like i'm gone like and you're like you know see ya you know i'm a nobody kind of a deal your wife my mother your your mother up and left and that was the the breaks but uh yeah i don't think like he even knows that he had a grandkid and i like the fact there's little nods in this like the the story uh where he's he's up on the hill and he's like he can't see them and he's like i need to get spectacles because my eyes are shot and that's end up like because and they even talk about like five years later he'll end up dying is because of his spectacles which i found funny he took them off to to clean them while he was playing cards and, so, and one of his uh somebody who had a grudge against him who we would have known immediately if he had the spectacles came on came through the door and all he saw was a blur and then bam got shot so i kind of thought like there's that's like in a different way like because i know so much like there's a bunch of little like uh easter eggs in the in this issue so i get what you're saying it, it raises more questions for you but uh as a die in the wool jonah fan uh love it
1: so i'm sure reading the first two parts of the mark of kane <laughs> in web of spider-man 124 and amazing spider-man 401 have raised the same amount of questions
0: for you, Todd. Yes, the only thing is I don't want answers. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so we start off with Web of Spider-Man 120 was it, my because my handwriting's terrible. You said 129, right? 124. 124. I have it looks like a nine in my handwriting. But uh, Peter is like shackled during a press conference. They're doing the big the the, the big press conference and his lawyers being all like you know big name lawyers there. And, you know, doing doing little things like, you know, s- let everybody see him and that kind of a thing. Um, but, you know, that's short, you know, he's not there long. And detective, what about me? What about Ravens? They're thinking like, oh, um, I was sure I had him, but there's something up with this Peter kid. But how could he be, you know, the murderer when I met the murderer the other night, you know, uh, Kane kind of a deal. So then uh, he goes back to jail. While he's there, you know, he's thinking about his life and somebody ended up in another prisoner, ended up smoking in bed and he ends up, you know, catching on fire. So Peter, you know, with great power comes a great responsibility. He breaks in to the, the breaks out of his cell, breaks into the other one, helps him, you know, while nobody's looking um, nice little piece of action, like with Peter, like even though he's in jail, he's not going to let uh, somebody die. Uh so while this is going on, Ben takes MJ to Dr. Trainer is his name, right? Seward Trainer, yes. Seward Trainer, um, for tests about the baby because he's like, oh, you know, he's a scientist, he'll be able to to heat it so trainer with like the bedside manner of Dr. Reed Richards, you know, was real, real nice. Um and he ends up uh you know like oh we'll see I got I gotta run some more stuff. So she ends up leaving and Ben's like well I might as well follow her because like you know this 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 town is dangerous. While that's going on, the clone is back in his own room, like his old, you know, teenage room. And he's, you know, being flooded by memories and he's like breaking stuff because he's finally completely remembering who he is. While MJ is walking home, Kane grabs her and uh, drags her into a a manhole like a chud. Um, She gets away by getting them all covered in poopy by opening a a, a sewer pipe, apparently, and pushing Kane away. Um, She runs, climbs out, and then runs into uh, Pod Peter, who knows who he is now. Uh, Did you
1: also mention that Stunner, the ex-girlfriend of the murdered Dr. Octopus, uh, gets the jump on Detective What About Me, What About Raven, and says, you're going to help me find, you know, I think the same person who killed Dr. Octopus, my lover, is the same person that you're actually looking for, so you and I are going to work together, pal.
0: Right. And we're going to team up and, you know, cause I think you don't think it was Peter who did it anyway. And then on top of that, um, Jay Jonah is talking with Robbie about, he's like, Robbie's like, Oh, we can only bury this story so much. Um, and this, this, and all in all the part of this first issue, all the garbage that's up to this point, I really don't care. But when Joan is like, you know, we're, we're going to have to, you know, just kill the story, Robbie's like, we can't kill the story. He's like, you have to kill it. And he's like, well, I know you're paying for Peter's lawyer and I know you'll deny it if I, if you know, when I say it, but we have to do it. he's like. And the plan that Jonah comes up with is he's like, deny it and say we're too close to be objective to this story. And it'll look like we're taking the moral high ground. And Robbie's like, Oh my God, that's just an excuse. But like in all this, what Jonah's doing like is a legitimate strategy. If that makes any sense. Yep so i and that's the real stuff and all this clone garbage and like and like you know mj oh woe is me like with the baby and i get with you know worrying about your baby but it's always like in these two issues it's written so terribly you know like just god awful um that i do love the jonah stuff more than anything else
1: yep and of course uh dr seward trainer like most doctors dressed like an x-man or a gw bridge for some reason he's like Correct. wearing like a blue and orange like superhero suit
0: right he he raided forge's closet
1: (laughs) right we're gonna find out more about him and his relationship with ben as things go on right um and that's really all i need to say about that
0: okay that's fine so amazing 401 written by jammed maddie's which i thought this issue was going to be really good and then um boy that was you know not what happened um so I, and I like Jam. So like, you know, you know, you know me, um, but at pod Peter's talking with MJ and Kane shows up. And, um, at this point, like I actually kind of like pod Peter the best. Cause he's like, I'm going to protect you MJ. But, uh, he's, he just gets his face slammed off a wall. <laughs> so that's kind of, um, just, just, he just gets destroyed. And, but that's long enough for MJ to, uh, escape um at this point peter's in jail you know thinking about everything and he gets sent a message by uh by uh what judas travelers one of judas travelers flunkies uh chikara that mj is in trouble and he's like oh what 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 else is is going on he's like it's like that's all i was told was to just drop the message off to you, and that's it. So he decides he's going to escape. He ends up, like, doing all this stuff where he's going to leave, and he's like, five times I've decided I'm not going to not gonna go, but I finally go for it. When he gets up to the roof and he's ready to dive into the water to swim to shore from the prison, Traveler's there on the roof, and he's like, you know, this is – like, that's the, the wrong choice to do. If you do this, you're throwing everything away. He's like, well, what do you expect me to do? He's like, well, as of right now, there's an illusion of you, an illusion in your cell. And uh, I'm going to do that for you, uh, you know, as long as you don't ask too many questions. And he's like, oh, okay. So then uh, his ne- I- Chakara, not Chikara, I t- uh, chakra chakra um goes she has teleport powers i guess and she helps them get to like you know off the island and scryer shows up at this point and he's like oh you know you're doing what you're doing and i've known you for centuries and you know and this and that and then like judas says like but can you ever know can you ever truly know a traveler or something like that so i don't know what's going on with scryer and judas traveler but apparently he has more illusion powers so uh and you told me
1: I just want to read this part in full. Okay. This one fascinates you, Judas, says Scryer. They both do. Reflections of yourself, perhaps. <laughs> of the war within your own soul. I know you, Judas, as few others do, and... Judas interrupts him, says, You are my confidant, Scryer. And you are, my, you are my friend. But for all the centuries we have walked together, you do not know me at all. One such as you can never truly know traveler.
0: I don't know what any of that means. So
1: all of that is very important later.
0: Okay. Is, is, is he a future Peter clone?
1: All of that is very important later.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, so while this is going on, MJ is called Ben, who didn't actually go follow her he's still with trainer dr trainer so she but she's like ah enough with this she goes home and apparently she bought a gun years ago because she's tired of pop pumpkin bombs and symbiotes um and that's when uh and being the damsel in distress and pod peter shows up but he's in a spider-man costume and she's like i i don't even know i don't know what's going on she ends up the gun go whether she shoots at him or the gun goes off, but she ends up shooting like a picture of her and Peter together. Um, so uh, you know, it's like, oh, like trust me. Like, don't, you know, put the gun down, trust me. And then Kane comes in, sucker punches Pod Peter again, and he goes down and and uh he ends up knocking MJ down. And he's like, Oh, I could just kill this, this, you know, this sad version of them but uh you know i'm I'm gonna let him live and he takes mj to something he calls uh what is he uh, purgatory i think he called it and it's like i don't know it's like a cave or something with a waterfall in it i don't know and then that's when the three peters meet and things get complicated see 10 issues ago for complicated <laughs>
1: i i'm almost certain that this uh, this five issue thing is to try to wrap up this third Peter nonsense. Right. And it certainly feels as though there's a lot of the third Peter stuff in here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I want to go back to, um, you know, where we continued from the previous issue to this issue where third Peter meets Mary Jane in the alleyway. Kane shows up uh and says, step away from Mary Jane. That's not your husband. Peter's still in prison and he's not Ben Riley either. Riley's with Seward trainer. This man crawled out of a pod in the wreckage of the Jackal's laboratory. He's another one of Warren's clones. If he's a threat here, if there's a threat here, he's it. You know who I believe in all of this,
0: Todd? I believe Kane. Well, why wouldn't you? He's got an honest face.
1: (laughs) Well, we haven't seen his face just yet, Todd. We don't know how honest it is or isn't.
0: But he has that stuff on it. Like, it's like webbing or... I don't know, stuff gook that you get when you're kind of dissolving. I don't know.
1: Yeah, for some reason, when Mark Bagley draws him, his chest looks like he has, like, spikes on it or something. I'm not really sure. I don't um, know. I, but, yeah, I this do- this definitely just feels like a filler thing to kind of resolve this whole third Peter issue.
0: Um, And I'm at the point where, at this point, I think the best story, like, I know it's going to go on for many many months now that i have to read stuff but if they had like i was fine with ben being the real peter and i would have been fine with pod peter being the real peter and you know and keeping ben as scarlet spider like you did with but it's just i i don't know i don't i just please tell me pod peter doesn't go on forever like i said i'm almost certain that this five issue
1: miniseries is what wraps them up Good. He doesn't become Judas Traveler or Scryer or anything, does he? I'm pretty sure that this five issue run <laughs> wraps him
0: up. I just I just want to keep asking you questions so you'll just keep saying that one line. Oh, you're like, you know, like that football player, uh uh Marshawn Lynch. Just, you know, I'm I'm here so I won't get fined.
1: I've kept a lot of secrets close to my vest, Todd, and this is just several more that I'll keep close to my vest.
0: There you go. You know how many Jonah Hex secrets I've kept close to my vest, Joe? None. <laughs> None. He shoots somebody, he moves on to the next town.
1: Yeah, it's. It, there's a lot of twists and turns, and I'm interested to reread them to see where the twist goes
0: into a turn coming up here, you know? But you'll agree that this might not be uh jammed maddie's best written issue that he's ever done
1: uh i would say that Jam maddie's was probably given a uh paycheck just as much on this as anything else to kind of say like hey we need you to extend this storyline another month or two have
0: at it Mm-hmm. and then we're gonna extend it a whole another year yeah well
1: listen this is only week 17 todd we've got i don't know Gazinta more weeks to go
0: right we have a little over uh 40 30, weeks. I
1: think 38 weeks if I'm a math wizard.
0: That we should really keep a countdown. How many more weeks Todd has to read? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, next week, Todd, I have to read Jonah Hex number 26. You have to read Spider-Man. I'm sorry. You get to read Spider-Man 58 <laughs> and Spectacular Spider-Man 24.
0: Not if I poke my eyes out.
1: <laughs> I'll get you, I'll read, I'll do an audio version of them as a pot oh you don't listen to podcasts ah oh, have my own
0: petard you're gonna have the art made into wood carvings and i have to run my hands over them no this is but so next week is the
1: last double like two issues in one week for like five weeks
0: that's what i like yeah we should have thought this out better
1: well i there was listen there was over a hundred issues i had to pare it down to what i got you well there was over like Ooh, three hundred issues. I had to pare it down. What we have here, you know.
0: I wanted to add Joan Axe issues somehow.
1: All right, enough, enough. Todd, was there any art attacks this week?
0: We did have art attacks from Rebecca's art. She sent in some OC sketches um, that are very nice. It's kind of like I'm trying to figure out. It looks like the high school version of Hades from Hercules. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs>
1: Now, see, I don't know, no, I don't know what this OC she's drawn is. He's not half-heartedly putting up his thumb or wearing a jean jacket. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's some sort of anime man,
0: right. um,
1: but the hairstyle looks very reminiscent of many an anime villain or uh, fighting game villain from Akumas in Street Fighter games and so forth. But uh, very nice. Again, it, it,
0: yeah.
1: I'm always drawn to like the detail on the art on stuff like this
0: right um and then you sent in an, an art attack kind of sorta from uh, our good friend becky uh it was a commission by her twitter name annie the kitty is an 11 by 17 cover recreation of iron man 46 drawn on marvel draft paper obviously she mugged somebody got some marvel draft paper but uh very nice lots of colors um, I know she has various uses to like the things that she uses to get the colors that she wants, like pencils and markers. And I see her talking about like certain things. She might even be using like hollow uh, n- uh, nail paint p- polish. I don't even know. But uh, this this has a lot of color and pops and it looks a lot like, the you know, the cover. I'm glad they got what they paid for.
1: Yep. So she did the side by side comparison. Mm-hmm. of the finished product and what she took it off of. But then she has like a tweet thread of her process. Right. Getting to this point, kind of starting with just like the, the, the inks and just Iron Man colored in. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it was really fun to see the process evolve. I'm a sucker for seeing the process come out like this. And I said that I'm going to be a mo- I'm going to do a more concerted effort to share Becky's stuff with people when I see it. And uh, Mm -hmm. I'm glad I caught this when I had a time when I had my phone in my hand.
0: There you go. There you go.
1: So, uh, yeah, again, not mine, but definitely I like sharing, uh, you know, other much more creative folks than us, you know? Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Lastly... think that's it for the main show right if i'm looking at my notes it's a this it's a this it's the a click this. through oh all the okay so hey yeah yeah um uh if you are over at longboxheroes.com of course be sure to check out our store where we have shirts and pins and stickers uh with our fancy logo on them uh if you want even more items with more fancy logos either inspired by this show inspired by after dark Inspired by Ad-Outs with Wrestling, inspired by Soon to Be Named Network, inspired by Final Wrestling Place, head over to our T Public store, tpublic uh.com slash longbox heroes, I think, maybe. It's like something weird. Uh, but we do have a tiny URL.com slash longbox heroes that'll get you right there as well. Um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is thirty percent off, not thirty-five percent off. So, you know, you gotta keep your eyes out for the thirty-five percent off sales, but I won't be upset if you buy something over the thirty percent sale. Uh, Go stock up on soon-to-be-named network face masks, get them in time, so when I see you (laughs) at the Mahoning Drive-In May 21st, May 22nd for the Real Rumble, and you're wearing those, that's how I'll know you're you. Right. Uh, You can also check out our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. I would argue to say the best deal in all of comic book patreon dumb, especially if you love me and you love Todd and you love hearing us talk about stuff. You get two bonus shows a month. One, six never-seen movies where Todd assigns me six movies I've never seen. I assign Todd six movies he's never seen. We talk about them, feelings get hurt, and we'll see how things go from there. (laughs) Uh, We also do previewing the past, which is looking at 30 years ago this month's previews catalog uh n- hopefully next week when that slow boat from italy gets here on after dark we're going to go through the arduous process of making sure that we actually have every previews from now till december of 1995 and there was nothing missed at the five dollar and up level you get those two bonus shows two weeks before everyone else and you get uh after dark uh, about three days before everyone else so again only those two levels there's two goofing, joking around levels. If you want to pay an extra couple bucks to have The Rob or Sad Scotty Flamingo record something for us, by all means, we'll give you a whole bunch of extra stuff for the month if you do so.
0: I think The Rob upped his price again, by the Did way. Did he? I'm pretty sure. I tell you, The Rob, when are you going to learn? That's right. I, checked, I check Cameo every once in a while, so... <laughs> For my opportunity that i want to do i think you know the one uh do i yeah i want to send somebody a cameo who's of their favorite person oh yes okay all right hang on uh, what's the price on the regular patreon that you have written down
1: i have it as uh 89 (laughs) dollars
0: Yes, I'm just looking now. His request is 99.
1: 99. Oh, but boy. it's
0: not, it's not loft balloons, no, Joe. That's that's those are shekels.
1: Oh boy, I gotta update that. Uh, anyway, uh, also another way that you can help us out is heading over uh, to Longbox Heroes, making any and all of your Amazon purchases through our Amazon click through. Uh, They call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his share of the advertising (laughs) fee. Uh, Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include... uh, I love reading the full descriptions of these sort of things. Funko, Pop, Marvel, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Captain America, Sam Wilson, With Shield, Year of the Shield, Amazon exclusive.
0: I wonder if that's a a financial year... Uh, of Responsibility shielding. Right, I was going to say,
1: it's the year of the Shield. It's definitely not the year of fiscal responsibility.
0: Right, right.
1: Uh, somebody also purchased a, uh, a bag of Starbucks Medium Roast Ground Coffee. Uh, somebody purchased a Storm Collectibles 1-12th uh, scale replica of Darkseid from Injustice Gods Among Us. Uh, somebody also purchased, and again, forgive me as I'm looking through everything here, uh, bu- 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 somebody also purchased a D'rori D-V-I-R-R-O-I, ancient Easter Island stone head. Can't say uh, stone head aquarium ornament. Uh, you know one of those Easter Island gimmicks. Right. And uh, somebody purchased Jowson man a uh, Jowson brand men's lightweight casual Chukka chelsea boots and this will be the last time that i ever say poor chelsea
0: oh okay
1: but thank you everyone to any and all of the purchases uh either this week last week or in perpetuity through the amazon click through uh every little bit of that advertising fee helps yes Yes, siri now last but not least it is time for the series finale of the falcon and winter soldier which I had been calling it the right show all along.
0: Right. Now it, but now it's something different, Joe.
1: Right. Um, so I have notes here. Okay. This is the big uh, finale. And we forgot last week, because there was so much other stuff that was going on, we forgot that the show ended with the, uh, the group, the movement folks, like locking down the GRC. Mm-hmm. And that's how we kind of start back up uh Sam and Bucky are making their way toward uh Sam we don't get a chance to see but we see that he is flying there en
0: route but his uh, wings were, his wings were destroyed Joe
1: right but he's flying there we don't some... see him. we only we only see him in like shadow or silhouette on his way there you know mm-hmm. um and he he says that he called in some uh reinforcements got the band back together and Sharon Carter is there
0: nobody Uh, better you can trust than a carter more on her
1: uh then we see uh sam crashing through the window into the room where like the all the grc people were being ushered out and we get to see him in the full glory in the captain america suit that the wakandans made for him, aka the flapton suit you know captain flapton flapton america (laughs) you know because he's a bird see
0: Right. right. Uh, he
1: has a really That's cool knockdown dragout battle with Batrock, who I'm sad was not wearing it. He never wore his purple and orange outfit, uh, did not wear his helmet with the goggles, and did not have a pointy mustache. All of these are failures of the show. If there's any failures of this show, it's that.
0: True, that is the low point of this show. Is the, uh, so
1: while this is going on, um, Bucky gets a phone call from Carly that is just essentially uh, set to be a diversion so that they can kind of sneak more of the people out of the GRC as they've got more movement folks uh, as like plainclothes cops and security people and so on and so forth. Um, and then what is it? Oh, so So while they're trying to get the uh the grc people out and they're putting them they're like oh we're gonna evacuate everyone but they're really gonna take them away so carly and her people can kill them all right
0: Mm -hmm. it's
1: like they're no longer hostages they're victims and uh one of her people is like well you know if we do this we're dead ourselves and she says the movement uh is strong enough without us kind of like we're all going down with the ship at this point um, Sharon kind of intercepts uh, her movement, folks, as they're trying to usher the people out in the uh, paddy wagons, and she just like straight up shoots a dude in the face with like mercury vapor, and like we see his like head and face like kind of like deform and melt. Right. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe that wasn't the best way to disarm the to, to, to disarm that guy.
0: Well, she's taking no, she's shield. She's taking no pr- prisoners, Joe. Uh huh. Uh huh. <sighs>
1: So uh, while all this is going on and all these chess pieces are moving around the board, uh, Carly comes to face with Sam, sees him in the full Captain America outfit, and she's kind of like disgusted by this.
0: Right. Um,
1: That leads to a battle between them as well. And of course, she's wearing a flag smasher mask so that we could uh, easily and uh, very succinctly sneak her stunt double in there
0: what no that was actually carly the whole time the actress oh my goodness <laughs> yes um so help me
1: out here then there's the bit where one of the they bucky breaks one of the seals off one of the vans to free the people but one of the other vans gets away right um it's about to fall off a, off uh a, of a big giant cliff and john walker has showed up yeah and i told you last week that john walker was still kind of sort of baby face he hadn't turned completely heel
0: This, okay, this is where we get into the meat and the potatoes of it. I believe that the whole series, he was set up as, you know, to have his, you know, just the person you hate, but he's still a face. Then he has his heel turn, but then the next night, you know, he comes back. This is his kind of sort of redemption, even though. I should still hate him because like when it's all said and done, yes, he did save the people when he could have went after Carly and got revenge for the death of Battlestar. He ends up like doing all all the good stuff and he gets up beat down by the other super serum people. And like they end up helping him and everything. So they kind of team up and he's still naive, but in it, as I think about it, I like the journey in, um, where he's another person that kind of like the government let down because whatever happened to him in Afghanistan, he has post-traumatic stress syndrome and he never got the help that he needed. You know, what I mean he was let down by the government too. So I'm starting to come around on USA US agent. So Right, as we case. will
1: learn later, yes.
0: Right. Oh, I'm sorry, did I jump ahead too far? No, it's okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so we see um, Bucky and John Walker down at the bottom of this, like, pit or, like, gravel pit or whatever it is, something you know very much about. Right. Um, and the, the the paddy wagon or the people in it is still going to fall, still going to fall. And then Sam shows up and using, like, his little rocket boosters that he has in the new uh, Falcon outfit. And then he sends out a whole bunch of little, like, red-wing things to help move the thing up. And uh, they save the people, and they save the day, and the the news media shows up. Um, What happens to Carly and all this? Help me out.
0: While while that goes on, then he ends up. They, them, and the what do you call it? The super the other Carly's other soldiers go running off, and they end up having to split up to kind of chase them after the the truck fall. You know what I mean? The saving the truck, and in it. uh, uh, Walker and Winter Soldier go off after a couple and uh, Sam goes after pretty much Carly and/or Batroc. and or Batrock. and that's when we when, uh, what's your face uh, not Sharon, yeah Sharon Carter ends up running into Carly and we get the reveal that because obviously Carly and Sharon haven't seen each other through this whole series together as we saw, we find out that Sharon is the power broker and she just wants her to come back to work for him. And in this like Batrock comes in, he's like, Oh, so you're the power broker. Well, I have leverage over this. She ends up shooting Batrock. So everybody online and in like news article is saying Batrock's dead. I do not believe it. And then Sam shows up and he's like, Oh, I'm going to fix this. And they fight Carly and, and Sam fight for a little bit, but then. Oh, but the, so oh, that's the thing I wanted to mention. So the key thing in this is, Sam and
1: Carly fight, but they don't really fight. She's right. fighting him, and he says, I'm not going to fight you. And right. he's just kind of deflecting her, her shots and using his shield. At no point does he ever strike her mm-hmm. or use any sort of offensive maneuver against her. Yep. Which I thought was, like, fantastic.
0: Right, because he's showing, he's showing her he's, he's better than her. You know what I mean? And this is the way to do it. He says all along, like, he tells Zemo, like, no, 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 we're not killing anybody. I'm either going to talk her down or bring her in. You know what I mean? Like, we don't have to result to what John Walker did and all this. Like, we're better than that. And that's kind of, he's, he is the most worthy to carry the shield. Right.
1: So, you know, obviously we're only like halfway through the episode. But this whole series has been setting up the thing that we as the viewers of this have already known. And it was Sam's journey to get to the point to realize that he was the one who was worthy to carry the shield.
0: Right. And in all that, there was a really cool, even though my eyes couldn't follow it, uh, Falcon chasing a helicopter. That was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, that was a cool bit, too. But whatever.
0: Did did you have trouble following it? I just wanted to ask you, like, Um, there was two helicopters at one point.
1: I got what was going on. He was trying to break into like uh, the, the calm on the one person. Um, Cause he did a search to see who had like helicopter pilot experience or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Just ask him. We can move past it. But... Yeah. It
1: wasn't my favorite part, but again, as you mentioned, we moved past it. So Sam brings Carly out to the uh, paramedics, the ambulance, so forth.
0: Because and... Sharon shot her.
1: Right, because Sharon Shotter, uh, the people from the GRC are there to thank Sam for what he did. And the media is there. And Sam gives this fantastic, unbelievable, rousing speech uh, that the crux of the whole thing is
0: we can do better. And it it is a good speech. I have one nitpick in it throughout the, uh, the 20, whatever, how many years were on the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like 11 or 12. 11 or 12. In this, and I haven't really thought about it till this point, and I'm bringing it up. He does give a great speech. He's like, we can be better, blah, blah, blah. But I never really thought about the one world, one people movement that Carly had and the whole backstory because the whole point was while everybody was gone away, For those five years during the blip that mankind like we lost a lot of people and you know like now we had all this room and blah 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 we had to work together because we lost people who were in charge of things and who were responsible for things and had the know-how we had a band together blah 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 in the end doesn't that just make thanos right that it was all better to make them go away and then when everybody comes back it's a cluster again we got to figure out where people go and I know the whole thing of bringing them back is part of it. So Thanos is a part of the problem. But in the end, they're like, things were much better after the blip. There wasn't as many people. We had a rally, blah, blah, blah. And now it's harder. So in this speech, I'm like, did they make Thanos a hero? And I know I'm really like, I'm pulling a Joe overthinking this, but that's where I go. Um, I'm sure there will be someone who
1: comes out with that exact point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you're not the only person who thought that very thought, but I'm glad no one in this said it. So it doesn't take the teeth out of what we got out of Sam here.
0: Right. And I'm not trying to belittle his speech, but you know what I mean? That's where, of course, where, where the thing goes. Um, I, I don't think I was as big as, I think a few times I thought the speech was a little clunky because it's very hard to do some of those, like you have to be a, an amazing actor. And the guy who plays Sam is an amazing actor, but even at times I was like, okay, that's, and I think it was meant to be a little clunky. He's, he's, he's cap, but he's not quite cap yet. So there was like some clunkiness in it. And then like, I do love uh, uh, winter soldier, like giving him the, the Iggy like oh like oh what did you say after you know Black Captain America I didn't I didn't hear anything you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I kind of and, and that. we get like as he's given the speech and everything we get these different shots of like Sam's sister uh, watching this we get the shots of Isaiah Bradley watching this we get like all the important folks
0: mm-hmm. yeah but I have a question now because Carly's dead apparently from what they say apparently. Right. I don't think Batrock or Carly are... Either of them are dead. I think they're all going to be part of the Dark Avengers.
1: Uh, Carly, maybe. Batrock definitely not.
0: Batrock's definitely... I do think Carly's dead, now that I think about it. And, you know, I, I, hope, I hope all the other super soldier people are okay, too, Joe.
1: Right. Uh, <laughs> so, all those are the super soldier people that, as Todd mentioned, kind of attempted to escape by splitting up. They all get caught. But then the thing that they're in appears to have been blown up.
0: Right. I believe they're all dead.
1: Okay. Um, eh, No one's ever really dead. Uh, But we do see that it was Zemo's butler who calls into Zemo, who's back on the raft, that it's been taken care of, it's been done, or whatever it is. And uh, Zemo is able to uh, rest comfortably knowing that more super soldier folks are possibly, definitely, for sure dead
0: right now Uh, now we
1: go back to that courtroom that we saw in the previous issue uh issue episode Mm. where john walker and uh john walker's wife and elaine from seinfeld are there Mm. and whoever it is that she works for whatever the shadowy organization that she she does or does not work for uh she has essentially appointed john walker not as their captain america but as their U.S. agent. And he gets a new fancy suit that has a little bit more black in the design. And by that, I mean a lot more black in the design. So the adventures of John Walker must continue.
0: Right, I believe he's going to be the naive face of the Dark Avengers. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, did he ever meet face-to-face Batroc? Uh, I don't think so. So when they meet, he won't be like, oh, you were fighting with, the, you know, with Carly and her people. Because Batrock's going to be Hawkeye, I'm telling you right now. <laughs>
1: Uh, but even still, they could put Bat-Truck in his gimmick, where he's wearing like a helmet and a mask, so mm-hmm. his identity is somewhat concealed. So right. John Walker's like, "Oh, it's just some other guy."
0: Right. But my kind of take is that when they do the Dark Avengers, they're going to do all the Primo Avengers. So we have to figure out eventually who's going to, you know, be Hulk, who's going to be Thor, who's going to be Iron Man, who's going to be Cap, U.S. Agent. But anyway.
1: So the rest of this is just like one essential giant epilogue. Uh, We get Bucky going back to the apartment that he was at, uh, talking to the old man that he would go out for lunch with all the time. And it's at this point that Bucky admits to him uh, his son who died was because of him when he was being controlled by the Winter
0: Soldier. Right. And of all that, they kind of later, he sees the old man in the, in the sushi restaurant with the girl that he was going to date. And he looks through the window and she gives him the, like, Hey, hot, and I see? And that's the part that I don't kind of understand. Like I want, like that's left very open. And I think that's going to be like, whenever they do anything else is going to be in there because I'm like, does she know, like, does the old man tell her that, like, that she, that guy killed my, I don't know, there's, like, a lot of left unpacked in that one scene of him looking at the old man and the woman through the window. See, I think, at least with that part, the way
1: I interpreted that, and again, that could just be me, that um, while Bucky was able to get this off his chest, uh, and it was closure for him, that it was closure for the old man as well. That the old man was able to get on and move on with his life. Mm -hmm. Having that closure of what happened with his son. Um, And granted, it cost Bucky possibly a friend. It was best closure
0: for both of them. Right. And now let's see where it goes with the woman, you think? Uh, I don't know. I don't
1: think we'll ever see her again.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: Uh, We do get the closure with the therapist, where she has a, uh, a package there from Bucky... Uh, that's his book of all the people that he wronged or that he needed to confront about what he had done. Mm-hmm. And all the names are crossed off. And he has a note in there that just says, uh, thanks for helping me finish my book. And I thought wow. that was a uh, nice closure there as well. Now, Clos- that, closure, closure.
0: That book should be in the Smithsonian instead of the shield. That was Caps and Winter Soldier's little book. So
1: mm-hmm. I'm
0: OK with that one being in a museum.
1: Uh, So, Sam, speaking of museums, Sam goes to Isaiah's, uh, tells both Isaiah and his son that they need to come with him uh, because he has something to show them.
0: I love this. When they have the little talk outside the house before they go. Yeah. And, like, Isaiah kind of even admits, like, that maybe he was wrong about, like, you know, him being Cap and everything. And then he's like, I got something to show you. And they're like, where are we going? And when they were going through the museum, Joe... I was getting goosebumps because I knew I knew what yep. they were going to do. And when they did Dusty Onions, Joe, Dusty Onions, that was, to me, the whole Isaiah slash Sam scene from that the house to, like, even Isaiah doing little things like gardening, like planting trees with the super uh, soldier serum. Just, I was, like, great. And then when he sees him in the outfit and he gets a section in Captain America's, you know, museum – I was like, this is the, this is the best. I love all of this. And we need Isaiah Bradley flashbacks, man. We need an Isaiah Bradley, like one shot or TV show. Something. Exactly.
1: And yeah, that was a very powerful scene being built up. um, You know, and I saw other friends of mine. This was one of those ones where like, I I knew I had to watch this like ASAP. I knew that this was going to be spoiled. And in the four or five days that this episode's been out, I've seen so many people on my timeline on the social media talking about how that scene in particular moved them and I would be hard-pressed to disagree. Um, I can't imagine watching that that scene, um, Sam talking to Isaiah and then you know showing him the tribute to Isaiah at the Captain America Museum, knowing that everyone will remember that he was Captain America. Very powerful scene, very well done. And then again, of course, we get uh everyone back at sam's place in louisiana everyone's celebrating everybody partying and then the credits roll and now the show says captain america and the winter soldier um again he's not the winter he's you listen his mama named bucky i call him bucky right it's actually Man.
0: william but call him bucky right um, and then I in love, our
1: post oh sorry go ahead
0: and i do love the scene of like the family like they saved the boat and everything. And the one thing of just like Bucky nonchalantly talking with the, with the cyber arm out and the kids are doing pull-ups on it. I was cracking up. I'm like, these are the little things. Like when they do like these big moments with Isaiah, but then the family stuff hits home. So I love all that. And then we roll into our more than trustworthy Sharon Carter before the same people who, you know, were given, uh, uh, John Walker to business in that little room That little room was getting a lot of you know, A lot of duty, Joe
1: So they uh, You know, one of the things that we saw The reason that Sharon was on the run uh, In Madripoor was because Of what she was accused of During the events of Captain America Civil War She has been branded like a traitor Or whatever it is, and she never got her pardon Well, this is her getting her pardon So now she gets her pardon. She's allowed back into some of the credentials that she had before, but she's also the power broker. So now she's got like access to like super duper military grade, uh, weaponry to sell on the black market.
0: Yep. And give away to people to become the dark Avengers, which I'm going to hammer that home till it's over. But, uh, where, what did you think of this, this, the series finale overall?
1: I loved it. I thought it was
0: great. Now, which did you like better? Wanda vision series finale or this one? (sighs) Oh, Putting you on the spot, big boy. Putting me on the spot. um, This. Okay. I'm a WandaVision season family uh, guy. And again,
1: I like them both. You're talking a 9 and a 9.25. You know what I mean? Right. Two, um,
0: two different shows.
1: Right now, you're telling me to put me on the spot. I don't want to have a whole bunch of dead air on the podcast. This is the fresh thing that I just watched, so I'm going with this.
0: That's what I think. I think the, the fresh thing. The new hip thing always has the nudge. But I don't know. I just I just like WandaVision overall in the series finale for different, if that makes any sense. And I love this also because of the fact it gave me more of my favorite feel, which was the Cap Winter Soldiers, Cap Civil War movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, those are my favorites. So, I'm like, this has that straightforward espionage kind of feel But I like the quirkiness of WandaVision. I'm like, this is a tough one. But it edges out WandaVision just, like, by a smidge. I think I like the entire package of
1: WandaVision
0: better. But if we're just
1: going, like, kind of the finality of things.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But is it it final, Joe? Because it's leading directly into Captain America 4. Sure, but...
1: they announced. I think this in a bubble, if you were to just watch these six episodes... Or the 12 or 13 episodes of WandaVision. Like, you're getting a complete story in both. But I think WandaVision leaves more open for our main character. Right. Whereas this gives you a nice beginning, middle, and end for our main characters.
0: I get what you're saying. Because with Vision, we don't know where Vision's going to be next and how he's going to be. And we don't know where
1: Wanda's up to. You know, We know where she's planning on going but it's right. very clearly opening things up for what her next adventure is, where I don't think this, like, we know, you know, the I think the general populace knows, like, well, they're doing another Captain America movie, that's very clear, but there's no thing here that says, to be continued in Captain America 4, you know?
0: Right, and it'll be whatever, they'll dream up a new baddie, which I don't even think will be, like, anything, you know, super soldier serum or anything like that. Whereas
1: um, the end of WandaVision was, like, Wanda searching for her kids. They're going to be in some sort of other dimension. I hope she knows another magic user who can help her. <gasps>
0: Transverse the multiverse. Mm-hmm. I get you I don't yeah. know.
1: But all in all, these these are very well done. I know we got about a month and change here uh before low-key starts, maybe about six weeks. Uh that'll give us enough time to focus on the return of the uh actual comic book a show. Which is yeah. Legends of Tomorrow,
0: which debuts this Sunday. Yeah, it's short time to wig a clock, Joe.
1: <laughs> and uh, next week we'll be talking about uh, that, uh, the season premiere of that, you know. And then right. TV talk continues on. No rest for the wicked here. That's right. So thank you, everyone, uh, for listening here as we close out episode 552 of long box heroes for todd this is joe saying thanks for listening and we'll see y'all here next week
0: remember be a faucet not a drain